Hello, and welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast on this new episode Monday. But before we kick things off, I do want to give you guys and gals a special update on the Halloween episode that we promised on Saturday. Unfortunately, due to technical issues, we weren't able to get it out. Uh, We were running into all kinds of connectivity issues with the watch-along. People's mics were cutting in and out. It just was a very subpar episode, and since you guys are accustomed to getting subpar content from us each week, we didn't want to subject you guys to that on Halloween, too. So sorry about that, guys, Uh, but we are going to make it up to you. We are going to do a special Turkey Day turkey extravaganza episode coming up on Thanksgiving Day where we're going to sit down and watch a bad movie. Uh, we haven't decided what movie we're going to do yet or what kind of format. So if you guys want to give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we'll have the update on that here in the next couple of days. So that should be really awesome. So we hope you guys, that makes it up to you somehow. I mean, outside of Luke is sending you money, which we discussed that, but he wasn't having it. So sorry about that too. But in the meantime, without further ado, here's this week's episode, Toy Story. Okay, everybody, coast is clear. This holiday season, it's showtime. Turn on your imagination. That's using the old noodle. When toys come to life. Walt Disney Pictures presents the first ever computer animated feature film. Code Red, we are Code Red. To infinity and beyond. (laughs) Toy Story, rated G. Welcome back to another episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. I'm Russ, and joining me tonight is the man who's made $5 worth of content sound like a million bucks. Uh, I'm talking about our producer, Adam. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. All right, well, I think our uh, capacity crowd wants to show their appreciation. Give it up for Adam. quite an applause my friend yeah we got a live studio audience tonight we don't we don't have anybody in here but i really (laughs) like messing with these these sound pads on this uh road procaster that i use so it's pretty awesome i haven't been able to use them as much yeah so i figured what better way to test drive it than to fit in that little bit of you in the capacity crowd you got a new gadget. You got to try out all the features. Yeah, like I wanted it to sound like you were coming down the aisle at WrestleMania. That kind of pop. It's like if Stone Cold Steve Austin were to come out. That's the kind of pop I wanted for you. That introduction. Now I got to think of uh, some music that I can walk down to. Just do the glass shattering like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I guarantee you it's going <laughs> to drive him wild. All right. Um, well, on this week's episode, uh, we've done about a month's worth of horror movies, so... I think it was about time for us to do something a little bit more lighthearted, a little light, not so gory. So we're uh, diving into the animated world today. We're doing Toy Story from 1995. Was this your idea? Was this your suggestion? I couldn't remember. I, I, we discussed having an animated feature, and I think Toy Story was decided uh, by Lucas, and we just agreed with it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a pretty good one. I mean, it's yeah. pretty much an iconic film, so... Good choice, good choice. Um, I know when we were talking about this, uh, Toy Story, because I know when I, f- I didn't see Toy Story originally, I didn't see it till after 2 had come out. 
is uh, I had started working at a video store, and to take advantage of the discount that I got, which was pretty sweet, we had got a uh, Toy Story 1 and 2 pack. It was 1 and 2 together, and I just thought, well, fuck, I might as well buy it since I have this awesome discount. So I bought it, and I watched them. I can't remember when 2 came out. Wasn't it like 97 or Uh, 98? No, it was later than that because I had already been out of high school. Because I think... uh... I think it was like 99 at least. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look it up because I'm, now I'm curious. I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> well, I know it was, uh, it was a few years after the first one to come out because I, like I said I hadn't seen it. I thought it looked kind of cool, but, you know, it's 95. I'm supposed to be a cool high schooler. I'm not going to go see a kid's movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I looked it up. It's 99. All right, cool. All right, so, yeah, four years after the fact. I was a little late to the game, but I, I remember really liking it. But I know when you and I were talking about this, uh, Toy Story's got a very special connection in your house. Am I wrong? Uh, no, you are not wrong. Um, so Jenna, uh, she would have it on in the background. Now Jenna uh, is your wife. Yes, and Jenna also know. does not like the Princess Bride, correct? Correct. Okay, just wanted to get that out of the – just wanted to clear uh, that air right now. We, we don't like to mention that. That gets us into um, uh, some fights. So That gets you in trouble. Doesn't get me in trouble. I can say it. <laughs> but just to spare you, I won't say it anymore. No, that that gets her in trouble. I mean, it's wrong that she doesn't like that movie. But uh, We've gotten some hate mail about it. I mean, the, uh, the, the two emails I get are either uh, to offer me something for erectile dysfunction or the fact to uh, tell me that her not liking The Princess Bride is just wrong. Yeah, it is. Uh, but uh, I digress. Um, it does have a, a very special place in this household because uh, she would uh, have it on in the background all the time while we were dating. And so uh, I kind of grew um, to dislike this movie a little bit just because I'd seen it too much. Um, but having not watched it for years, uh, I have grown to to love it again because it is one of my favorite movies. But if you if you have too much of a good thing, it can be a bad thing. Oh, so it's uh, not like when you see it on TV, it's like, oh, there's that motherfucker Woody again. <laughs> see, for a couple of years, yeah. That's okay. what it was like. Like, nope, I'm not watching that. But uh, it's it's been a few years since she's uh, she's grown out of that that phase, but I can still quote it from uh, front to back, mm-hmm. back to front, backwards, forwards, up and down. Yeah. From the West Coast to East Coast, all points in between. <laughs> now, you have two kids uh, – just like I do now, uh, is Toy Story a movie gets played a lot in your house with the kids? Yes. Yeah, so when Madison was smaller, she's my oldest, um, she would uh, watch it all the time. She loved Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear was her favorite. Um, Lily likes Buzz Lightyear, too. I don't think she likes him as much as Madison does, but um, uh, they both are um, avid fans of Toy Story. Um, probably not as much as Frozen, but it's probably a close second with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my uh, my son was uh, he had a stretch for about a year where he loved Toy Story. I think he watched one, two, and three. I can't tell you how many times. He was more of a Woody kid. Like I remember, we went to a huge Disney store in Chicago and got him a uh, one of those gigantic Woody dolls. Mm-hmm. But then, like most kids, they just kind of grow out of that phase. I actually had asked him, like, "Hey, do you want to be on Toy Story or do you want to do something else?" And he kind of gave me that look like, come on, Dad, I'm not doing, I'm not doing fucking Toy Story. Come on. <laughs> so he ends up on Zombieland. Yeah. 
So, but uh, I don't know if you go ahead. See, I don't know if you can see behind me here. Uh, nobody can, on the podcast can see this, but um, my wife has uh, decorated our dining room and some Toy Story uh, memorabilia back here. <laughs> <laughs> well, once we go uh, live with video at some point, we'll put the. I'll get a the Chewbacca that's been on oh, yeah. the Lost episodes, and then you just have Buzz, Woody, and the gang <laughs> on your feed. I like it. Um, this uh, when I was like kind of watching this, and I was doing some research on this. This movie actually was a game changer, if I'm not wrong. I mean, yeah. like, what do you what do you think? How do you think this movie changed animated film, especially? Um. When's the last time you've seen a uh, a hand drawn two D animated feature film from a major studio? It's been a long time. I think that's how it's changed the the industry uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, just because uh, this came out, and then after this came out, there was just an explosion of uh, computer animated feature films, and. Um, it's in large part to Pixar and this movie. I mean, you, you think about animated feature films now, uh, the top grossing ones. I mean, Frozen, uh, Moana. Um, you have uh, a plethora of Disney films that aren't necessarily Pixar, um, but are still done in CG animation mm. and not hand. And I think that's the biggest change in the the animated film industry is uh, just that paradigm shift of um, we're going to do this in the computer. Yeah, because uh, Disney had kind of like we had just come out of that golden age of Disney animation with like Aladdin, The Lion King. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing some few, but like those are the two big ones, The Lion King yeah. and Aladdin. Yeah, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, Hercules, uh, Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah, The Little Mermaid. That's in Beauty and the Beast. Those are the other ones. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. I didn't want to get roasted at the stake from Disney fans. <laughs> but, it, yeah, like, uh, well, after The Lion King, it, I mean, let's be real, like Pocahontas and Hunchback and yeah. Notre Dame, those aren't on par with The Lion no. King and Beauty and the Beast and them. So I, I think, think Disney was kind of in a funk at that time. And then Toy yeah, Story comes out, completely yeah, changes Lion shit. King. Yeah, they started doing Lion King on Broadway, and and you know all the. I think the big thing was uh, with Disney during that time period was merchandise too, and this movie, uh, being a toy movie, mm-hmm. was big on the merchandise too. So. Oh yeah, I've got a funny story about the Toy Story merchandise, down or later on in the show. Okay, I think it's kind of at least I find it humorous. Some people might find it sad. I find it humorous. Um, Toy Story 2, like, also, it's one of those rare franchises that the movies seem to have gotten better with yeah. each sequel. Because actually, my favorite Toy Story, of the, the 4, is 2. Yeah, 2 is my favorite. Um, I, I don't know if it gets better after every sequel. I think... Well, I, I think uh, 4 was good, but... They didn't really need to make four. No, four was a cash grab for me. I I disliked four, um, and I think we're past the the um, point for spoilers. But I don't like Woody's motives in that, just to say the least. I really don't. And he's he's not in character in that entire movie. I don't like that movie. At yeah, all. I didn't really understand the uh, 
the uh, get rich or die trying subplot with Woody. Yeah. I, I, I didn't get the whole, like, he wanted to be a rapper. Just didn't, yeah. Oh, no, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think... Uh, that I is not Woody. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking about Get Rich or Die Trying with 50 Cent. No, that's the same movie, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> Just one's animated. Right. Um, but, yeah, but uh, outside of that, though, like, each one seemed to have gotten better. I think three is really good, too, and I think three was the perfect way to end that. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't have ended that good, any better. It wasn't as good as two, but it was still good enough to uh, be the sunset of that franchise. I tell you what, though, that scene where they're about to go to that uh, fire pit or that incinerator, yeah, that you're not fucking human if that doesn't, you don't feel something. Right. So, Jenna, funny story about that. Jenna and I decided to uh, not take, uh, I think Madison was born then. I'm not sure. I don't remember when it came out. We decided to go in the middle of the day uh, on a weekend, which was a terrible choice because there were children in the movie theater. Oh, dude, uh, we <laughs> took uh, me and my brother actually went and seen Shrek, another anim- like computer animated classic, which we wouldn't yeah. have without Toy Story. We decided to go at a matinee on like Sunday afternoon. Worst fucking mistake ever. Like. Kids getting up every five seconds. Yeah. Uh, I remember a mother getting mad at one of her kids because he spilt popcorn and soda all over the the floor. And she pretty much yelled at him as this movie's playing. (laughs) I mean, it it seriously, it felt like trying to watch a movie in preschool, like daycare. You know, go ahead. It would be cool if we had. somebody that was uh, a pretty good animator and have like just us telling stories about uh, movie theater experiences and somebody am- animating it for us just, just for that reason. <laughs> I, the, the amount of stories that we have. The, the, the Shrek one's probably one of my favorites. It doesn't quite top the dude having a seizure in natural born killers, but it's in the, <laughs> oh my God. it's in, it's in the top five. Uh, what was that one? Uh, you, you were telling me one where somebody else had spilled their popcorn too, and then the mom was. Uh, oh yeah, big yelling. big mama got super mad. And she said, yeah. Don't, "You gonna make big mama go out here and buy another bag of popcorn?" <laughs> she was so upset. We were watching Doctor Strange, <laughs> and luckily I'd already seen it. I always have this thing where I take, I go see the Marvel movies before before I take my son and my wife just so if I have to take my son to the bathroom. My wife can watch the movie uninterrupted. So, but yeah, yeah. Some of the, the, the big mama subplot was actually just as good, if not better than some of the stuff in Dr. Strange. <laughs> Man, I love movie theater stories. Oh, I think we're off on a rail now. It's but, all right. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I remember going to see uh, Toy Story um, uh, on that weekend, and uh, the children were definitely sobbing at that point. Like, is Woody going to die, Mom? Like, no, Woody's probably not going to die. Well, luckily, <laughs> i seen three. I think me and my wife were on a – we were on, like, doing a date night. I think we went and seen Toy Story 3 at, like, 9.30 at night when I knew there was no fucking kids, like, at least – most parents wouldn't have their kids out at like 11 or 12 o'clock in a movie theater. So 
we ch- we chanced it, and there was like maybe six people in the the cinema, so we didn't yeah. have to worry about some kid just getting upset <laughs> that Buzz and Woody were about to meet their maker. <laughs> yeah, I, I I you know got I got the feels during that that scene, but like the back of my head, I knew like yeah, no, Disney's not gonna let us watch these toys burn to death. <laughs> oh, dude, when that that happened, I just fucking thought to myself. Damn pollen in this theater, man. Let's get my eyes off. <laughs> um, the last question I have for you is um, when I was watching it last night, Buzz and Woody are a pretty iconic movie duo. Am I wrong? You are not wrong. Um, where would you rank those that combo in the... If you were doing like a top five best buddy duos in movies, where would you rank Buzz and Woody? I don't know. They would be on par with uh, um, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. <laughs> I, I had I have Riggs and Murtaugh. Okay. I have Buzz and Woody. Um, Butch and Sundance. Oh, Butch and Sundance, yeah. yeah. Uh I'm trying to think. Well, who who would you have? And then I'll, I'll I'm sure I'll be able to rattle I, them off between now and then. Honestly, I I can't really think of any uh, iconic duos right now mm-hmm. off the top of my head. I didn't uh, I didn't prepare, but Buzz and Woody would be at least be in my top three for sure. Yeah, I would think Butch so too. Would, would be too. I think I, I like Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Well, it was one of those questions like we had a few weeks ago where something just. Like, oh, fuck, that's a good question, and I don't send it to you ahead of time, and I'm really bad about that, and I do apologize. <laughs> it probably hurts the overall content of our show when I don't prepare my guest. <laughs> that's okay. No, I... I, I still I recognize like... we're Bush League. It just This is an hour of amateur work. I, I recognize no. that, but I'm trying. No, I'm really trying to get better. We're cream of the crop. I don't know what you're talking about. The creme de la creme. <laughs> all right yeah i would say they've got to be at least in the top five i also thought of um will smith and mark lawrence and bad boys are pretty good together although yeah. i would put them on the mount rushmore um speaking of will smith uh will smith and uh tommy lee jones there yeah there's another one i was just thinking the minute i said that it's like fuck tommy lee jones and will smith too yeah um yeah, I mean, I can't. I, I wrote this question a few hours ago, and I don't. I didn't even bother to research it. My mind <laughs> is. Sli- that, but we're also recording oh, this at almost ten o'clock at night too. So, yeah. Do you think that uh, just to to play off that question? Do you think that um, Buzz and Woody was influenced by uh, other buddy movies, or do you think they were influencers of uh, uh, you know subsequent buddy movies? Um, I, I don't think that, uh, they so much like Toy Story is very influential and Toy Story does, but I also noticed that Toy Story 2 borrows a lot from other films. Yeah. I think that, uh, they probably Buzz and Woody kind of have, well, in the early going, they're very Riggs and Murtaugh-esque where they're, they don't get along. Yeah. But then they might eventually, there's a, a moment that happens where they have to come together and they become pretty close and they're pretty much mm-hmm. close throughout the rest of the movies. 
And they also have yeah. some Butch and Sundance in them, too, where that kind of like, they're always in some kind of adventure. Yeah, you can, sometimes when you watch a movie, uh, you can tell that um, whatever movie it is, not just Toy Story, the, the filmmaker, uh, you can tell the filmmaker's favorite movies just by watching their movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You see that all the time in the Pixar stuff. Like it's Those movies are always, they're geared towards children, but also adults can enjoy them because they put a lot of like, very sly adult content yeah. into them. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, you ready to rock and roll and get these categories knocked out? Yeah, I am. All right. The Tale of the Tape. This was released on November the 22nd, 1995. This stars uh, the voices of Tom Hanks, which first time doing a Tom Hanks movie. 42 or 43 episodes in, and we haven't done a Tom Hanks movie yet. Wow. Um, Tim Allen. Don Rickles, Jim Varney, Wallace Shawn, and John Ratzenberger all contribute voice work to this movie. Uh, this was directed by John Lasseter. A Rotten Tomatoes score of 100% from critics and 92% from audiences. Uh, this movie made $373 million on a $30 million budget. Um, was nominated for three Academy Awards, and John Lasseter won a special achievement Oscar for contributions to enable the first computer animated film to be to be made. Which actually, they haven't done a special achievement Oscar since this. Right. And this movie was selected by the U.S. Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry in 2005, and. Of course, you can stream this on Disney+. Plus. Hooray, Disney+, Plus for putting all of your stuff on your streaming platform. Unlike Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> Please still support us, Paramount+, Plus, if you hear this. You know, I don't even fucking care at this point. <laughs> I mean, they're just going to... It'll be one of those things where they, uh, they give us money or they'll pr- promise to... Uh, and you're frozen up. I'm just seeing you laugh. Can you hear me? Adam, you there? Yes, I am here. Okay, I, I all I see know. is your face laughing. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I might have I, to edit uh, that out a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. It's like the third time we've had technical difficulties. Yeah, it's <laughs> not as... Uh, it's not as bad as when Gage was on for Friday the 13th Part 2. He had an internet issue, and then his roommate came home. And I swear, like, we thought that he had just bailed on the episode. He was like, you know what? I can't deal with these two bozos anymore. I'm done. <laughs> and we just thought he fucking split. Like, you know, not saying anything, just like, I'm out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Paramount Plus, though, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't fucking care. Like, they're not going to sponsor us anyways. I mean, save that money to put your like your classic films on your streaming platform. That'd be nice. If anything, if anything comes of this, maybe it starts a small grassroots campaign to get Gladiator, to get Wayne's World, to get Clueless, which I don't think it was on. Yeah, Clueless it wasn't on there. Yeah, uh, Forrest Gump wasn't on there. I I think a about 10% of the movies we've done on this show are Paramount titles, and I don't think any of them are on their streaming platform. Yeah, they had to close all of their uh, 
their amusement parks too and sell them off. So they're not they're not fun anymore. Yeah, they're uh, they had to save money to put into uh, Star Trek content. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna quit bitching about Paramount Plus. I don't need a lawsuit letter sent to my house. I mean. I don't need them suing me for my podcasting equipment because that's pretty much the only possessions I have. (laughs) All right. Well, the William Somerset Research Corner, I got a few fun facts here for you. Uh, This, of course, I just mentioned was the first computer animated feature film. It's kind of cool. And now it's, you can't go six months in a non-pandemic year without a, computer animated feature um this is also the first animated movie to ever be nominated for a best original screenplay oscar which i found to be very fascinating i'm pretty sure if they would have expanded the best picture nominees from five to ten in 95 Mm -hmm. this probably would have gotten a best picture nomination i think yeah and and wasn't uh before that, wasn't beauty and the beast the only animated feature to be nominated i think it still is no up got one too if i'm not mistaken okay but yeah up until then uh it was only beauty and the beast and that was it and they try to cop they do the cop out thing where they say like oh they've got their own category like no like yeah there's been quite a few animated movies especially from pixar that have been one of the best movies like wall-e i think wall-e and i think the dark knight was the same year as wall-e those are better than half the best picture nominees that year anyways right I would have put those two in there over, like, even Slumdog Millionaire, which won. I would have put Wally or Dark Knight in there instead I, of them. I watched Slumdog Millionaire that year because I heard that uh, about the Oscar buzz, and I wasn't impressed. I mean, it was a it was an okay movie, but it, I, it wasn't my favorite. Well, I have said on this, actually on this show, that I think that they should retroactively award the Academy Awards or just yep. take them away from movies that haven't aged well. Or, you know, if we get big enough, uh, our awards will actually mean something, and uh, our awards will mean more than the Oscars. That would be awesome. The spuds? <laughs> yes. But ours will be like when you do the uh, potato experiment in uh, elementary school. <laughs> That's what our, our awards will look like. That's awesome. Yes, I like it. Um, I thought this was kind of a cool uh, little fun fact. Uh, Billy Crystal was offered the role of Buzz Lightyear, which I, I'm i glad that he turned it down. Yeah, uh, he's I, that's not the kind of role I would picture him in. Right. Um, he declined it, but after seeing Toy Story, he said, and I quote, I've made the biggest mistake of my career. Yep. And then a few years later, uh, John Lasseter called him at his house to offer him the role of Mike in Monsters, Inc. And I guess the story goes that Billy Crystal's wife answered the phone mm-hmm. and she says John Lasseter's on the phone and Billy Crystal didn't even get on the phone. He just told his wife to tell him that he said yes. <laughs> yep. So I thought that was kind of cool. That is really cool. Um, I mean, if John Lasseter calls, uh, say Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess with not now, John Lasseter actually turns out it's kind of a creep. Well, yeah, not anymore. Uh, John Lasseter's not um, even around anymore, so. Yeah, I forget what year he resigned, but he'd had a lot of uh, 
sexual misconduct allegations against him. So he ended up quitting. Uh, was he employed by Disney or Pixar? Because I know Pixar is owned by Disney now, but uh, I don't know if they were. He was actually um, employed by Pixar, I think. I, but I do know that he had a big stake in Disney too, because mm. he was he was a lot in a lot of uh, Disney owned films as well as a, a producer and, and things of that mm-hmm. nature. Well, yeah, John Lasseter calls now, just hang up, and report him to the local authorities. He's probably up to no good. (laughs) Um, Tom Hanks recorded his dialogue for Woody between breaks on Sleepless in Seattle and A League of Their Own. He didn't want to record his uh, dialogue during the breaks from Philadelphia and Forrest Gump due to the dramatic tone of those films, which, yeah, like I definitely couldn't play a, a... Toy Cowboy after being in a movie where I'm a lawyer dying of AIDS. <laughs> man, Woody is in the dumps. <laughs> What's he so fucking sad about? Man, Andy doesn't want me anymore. And then you just cue the fuck the Bruce Springsteen sad song where it's like something in the tone of the streets of Philadelphia, but it has to be about being a sad toy. <laughs> Um, Hasbro denied the use of the G.I. Joe character after finding out that the character Sid was going to blow up a G.I. Joe doll. And that's when they end up calling it Combat Carl. Yeah. Um, now, this is a bit of interesting casting news, I think. And I think this actually could have worked. Uh, Tim Allen said in an interview that Pixar wanted Jim Carrey as Buzz and Paul Newman as Woody. They were not cast due to budget concerns. And I guess apparently they wanted it to be kind of a symbolic gesture of old Hollywood with Paul Newman and new Hollywood with Jim Carrey. And then, you know, since Woody's the old toy, Buzz is the new hip toy kind of. That would have been cool. Yeah. I I, would have liked that. I mean, I like what we got, but I think that would have worked. Yeah, especially Paul. I could definitely see Paul Newman as Woody. Yeah. Um. Actually, Paul Newman was cast in a Pixar movie. He was uh, Doc Hudson in Cars, which was his last film role in 2006. He passed away a couple of years later. Unfortunate that it was his last film. I didn't like that film. <laughs> yeah, not a big Cars guy either. Uh, those, I think, are probably some of the weaker movies in the Pixar utility yeah. belt. Um, last one that I have is John Lasseter said he always wanted Tom Hanks to play Woody due to Hank's ability to take emotions and make them appealing, even when playing despicable characters, which I could see that. He's yeah, not exactly I mean, like Jimmy Dugan is not a an upstanding human being at all, but fuck, you can't help but love him. Right. And even even Woody in this movie, like a lot of people portray Woody as like the the hero of this movie, but he's not. He's the antagonist of this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, he's Woody's, Woody's an asshole in this movie. He's He's not... Like Sid is like the secondary bad guy. He's the he's the bad guy that brings the real bad guy to the realization that you know he should be working with uh, Buzz instead of against him. Yeah. So well, I got a little bit of uh, Sid questions later on. <laughs> uh, what kind of fun facts do you have? Um, let's see here. I have a couple of them. Um, the uh, voice of Woody uh, is iconic uh, because it's Tom Hanks and everybody recognizes his voice but 
Tom Hanks uh, voicing Woody in literally everything is impossible. Uh, and what Disney likes to do, uh, if uh, nobody knows, is they like to cast his brother uh, as uh, Jim Hanks uh, as Woody in, like, you know, see if he's doing uh, voice acting for toys or if it's just for, like, a, a video game. Uh, they'll get Jim Hanks to do the voice instead of Tom Hanks. Jim Hanks, the star of the Bikini Car Wash Company, a <laughs> early mid or early '90s soft core, uh, soft porn movie that you would see on <laughs> Cinemax late night. But go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, another fact that I had uh, was in Andy's bedroom um, when they're starting to have their staff meeting in the beginning of the movie. Um, Woody is up on the podium, which is just a, a bucket of Tinker Toys. And uh, behind him is a bookshelf. And on the bookshelf, you can see uh, various books. Um, the Tin Toy, Knick Knack, uh, Red Stream, and Luxo Jr. And all of those are uh, shorts made by Pixar before the full fil- feature film of Toy Story. Oh, okay. Now, I um, wasn't like the original character in Toy Story supposed to be Tinny or something? Yeah, it was supposed to be like the tin toy tinny, and mm-hmm. they, they ended up changing that. Good call. Good call, Pixar. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> uh, speaking of Sid, since we, we were talking about Sid a little while ago, um, the carpet in Sid's house uh, is uh, the way it is because of the location, I guess. Um, but not only that, it is the love of the movie The Shining. It is the exact carpet design of the Overlook Hotel. Ah, no wonder Sid's so fucked in the head. (laughs) Come play with us, Sid. (laughs) Um, And uh, another cool thing I like to do when I watch Pixar movies, uh, not just Toy Story, but all Pixar movies, which is really fun, is the uh, Pizza Planet truck that appears in this movie appears in every Pixar movie. And it's fun to watch the Pixar movie and try and find it. Okay. I See, I never knew that. Yeah. Um, one, one cool one is in Monsters Incorporated when they, uh, when they shove Randall into the real world and he's inside that trailer. Uh, and it's like, Mama, it's a gator. Get the gun. Um, the car on the outside is actually the Pizza Planet truck. Really? <laughs> yeah. Have you been able to find the Pizza so, Planet truck in all of them? I have been able to find the Pizza Planet truck in most of them. Some of the newer ones I haven't been able to do, uh, like The Incredibles 2 and Finding Dory. I haven't uh, watched those enough to just pick apart the movie and try and find the Pizza mm. Planet Okay. Uh, you mentioned that. Where is it at in Wall-E? Uh, Wall-E, I think... Uh, oh, shoot. I think it is uh, in one of the um, piles of garbage um, on uh, earth when he's cleaning up, if I'm not mistaken. That makes sense. Uh, but I, I'll have to go back and look at it. I might be wrong. All right. Well, you can always text me later. Cause that's actually, I'm going to probably look that up as soon as we're done. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else? Yeah. Uh, I, I do have one more. Um, uh, Sid's name is a combination of two inspirations that the filmmakers had. Uh, the first name, Sid, was inspired by uh, punk rocker Sid Vicious. Okay. Um, and uh, Buzz and Woody actually have a deleted scene on the Blu-ray disc where they call him Sid Vicious. Um, and his last name was also inspired by a Pixar employee, uh, 
last name Phillips. His name is Sid Phillips. Uh, the Pixar employee liked to take apart toys and Frankenstein them together in his spare time. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That's my last fun fact. All right. Yeah, I, yeah, that Sid is maniacal about that. And it just, I don't know. It's um, creepy. A little bit. Um, it's a good segue into the uh, I Drink Your Milkshake Award for the best scene of the movie. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Um, my favorite scene in the movie is the, uh, the revenge of the toys against Sid slash Woody and Buzz chasing after the moving truck. Yeah, see, that was that was actually mine too, and I I was going to ask you if I was allowed to group those together because. Hey, you know what? It there's a very loose set of rules in this show. It's not like owning a Mogwai, which is a nod to Gremlins, which you can listen to in our <laughs> previous episodes. But yeah, it it's very loose. So yeah, sure, you can combine them. I've done it plenty of times. Okay. But uh, yeah, I I just like that scene just because like I just. I don't know why that I just don't like that fucking kid Sid. I don't he just <laughs> he's really just he creeps me out and I just love the fact that those toys are pretty much like they fuck with him to where he's just going to be in a very <laughs> odd mental state for the rest of his life. Like right. when Woody is talking to him and he addresses him by name like like, you just know, like, oh, man, Sid is just, he's going to be fucking unhinged now. And then he does the whole, like, uh, turning his head uh, 360 degrees. Mm. Like, no, no. <laughs> I would be I would be screwed up as a kid after that. Like, I'd have to go to therapy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like, it actually leads me to have a question that I might have to have answered later on in the show. So that also is a, a cool point of this, too. Is that whole scene. And then, like, just the whole chase sequence with Woody and Buzz trying to catch the moving van, which one thing I have against that moving van, did, like, Andy and his mom, did they move a bunch of shit to the new house beforehand? Or is that all they own? Because that moving truck <laughs> did not have a lot in it. See, I that's part of uh, one of my unsolved mysteries. All right, well, not, we'll, we'll not save it. necessarily that, but... Yeah, like there's some inaccuracy with the moving portion of this movie. All right, like well, we'll save thing. that for the the unsolved mysteries then. Uh, but that's a pretty good car ch- or chase sequence, I think, too. Yeah, for sure. And I, I really like how it ends, and it ties a whole bunch of the uh, the scenes from uh, the, like previously in the movie together, like you know, falling with style and. Um, the whole thing with uh, him using his helmet as a, a, a match for the mm-hmm. the rocket. and Yeah, I, I really like that scene. It just ties the movie together very nicely. Well, like, too, it also, um, it seems to be like the when they show Toy Story and, like, montage clips, that seems to be the scene that they use more is yeah. the scene where uh, they've lit the rocket and the rocket's trying to catch the the moving van. Yeah. And you see Buzz and Woody flying through the air. That's that's pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. So so we're in agreement. That's the scene of the movie. 
We are in agreement. That is definitely the scene of the movie. I do have one honorable mention, though. Uh, let's let's hear it. Uh, when Buzz realizes that he's a toy, that is uh, probably like you know the the Toy Story three scene when they're all like holding hands and and they're in the incinerator. It's that point in the movie where it hits rock bottom, mm-hmm. and I think that is a really good scene for that. And and you just see him slowly realize that hey, I'm not a space ranger. I am a toy. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad. Like I, like I said, I was uh, watching a little bit of this today, uh, well, getting paid, and um, <laughs> yeah, like I that scene because I started it about at that point, and yeah, it's it's tough to see Buzz just kind of get knocked down to where like he kind of isn't as awesome as he thinks he is. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a bad way to put it, but yeah, it just like he's built himself up to be like, he's just this awesome, badass space ranger. And it's like Woody's been trying to tell him. Yeah. Like you're no different than us. You just have a few more little features and then, and then watching him like try to fly out the window and he can't do it. And I'm just like, man, and then he loses his arm. Yeah. Thank God for Sid's sister. <laughs> that's a good one too like um i also uh i also kind of dig the uh the birthday party scene where they're uh like the army men sneak into the potted plant i i don't yeah. know why it's just it's such a cool little montage when arlie ermy's reading off what woody to woody what andy gets for his birthday and i always kind of like that scene too i, I kind of like the idea that uh not necessarily like it just plays into the whole like the toys are alive thing that the the toys are worried about what new toys are coming into mm-hmm. the room. I kind of like that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's just like if anything though, really like if you've been beloved for so long that something new comes along. I mean, I'm sure kids kind of feel that too with like when they get siblings. Yeah. I mean, I've dealt with that here where, you know, my son was like the only one for a while. Then his sister comes along and just, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a universal theme whether you're a toy or not. Right. I've I've had the same thing with my kids too, so I mean. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, my son just says, "You know what? Fuck it." <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think the moving truck scene. Yeah. All right, so one. yeah, the uh the moving uh truck scene slash Sid getting his best scene of the movie. I, I think yeah. that's that's a solid winner, for sure, and it's iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, the I don't like sand; it's coarse and rough. Award for the worst scene in the movie. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. The yeah, I didn't really have a nominee. This movie is pretty much perfect and it's short too it's like an hour and 20 something minutes so there's really no time for a bad scene right i mean and i i dislike it when people um uh knock movies for being short like the the last uh the last uh, venom movie uh being how long it was people were knocking it for being sh- like the shortest marvel movie um my response to that like and uh, in, in the case of venom it was it was Solid. It wasn't as good as the first one, but it was still a fun movie. But my response to people that knock uh, movies for running time, especially like kids' movies, like kids' movies don't need to be long, um, 
if you don't have to bog down the plot with uh, useless, um, you know, story elements, then mm-hmm. don't. If if the movie is gonna be paced really well, and you can get the entire story told in an hour and a half, mm-hmm. then that's great. <laughs> well, yeah, and not only that, I mean, pretty much with like Pixar, you know that most likely there's gonna be a sequel to it anyway. So, right. I mean, you get Woody's backstory in two. You find out where Woody comes from and everything. You know, and essentially it's kind of like you get to know more about Buzz than you do Woody. You just know that Woody is Andy's toy. Mm-hmm. You don't know how long Andy's had Woody. Then you kind of get the idea of what Woody is in part two. So, yeah, I mean, as long as the story gets told and it makes sense, like it it could be three hours long or it could be an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah doesn't matter as long as the pacing's good and you're interested and the story is is a good story then it doesn't matter how long the movie is i used to have a friend that when we went to the movies he would ask me to look up how long the movie is and he would tell me if it's under two hours he goes it's not going to be any good (laughs) yeah see that's the kind of like that's the kind of people that are like yeah no the they knock the running time all the time like yeah they had to cut a whole bunch out because it sucked but you know what's funny, though? Uh, that same person, whenever we would go to the movies, the movie was over two hours long. You would always look over, and him and his girlfriend, then later his wife, would be asleep. <laughs> just about every time you'd see them, they would be just conked out, and it's like two-thirds of the way through the movie. I'm like, all right, maybe this movie should have been like 45 minutes. <laughs> all right, so, like... You're in agreement too. There's really not a bad scene in this, or not there's... bad scene. Um, I was racking my brain trying to think of scenes, and I was like, well, you know, um, I really like the scene at the gas station just because of their back and forth there. I really like the scene uh, at Pizza Planet. All the scenes in the room are necessary, and and they're pretty good. I really couldn't think of a scene to cut out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was the same way. It's like you can't really cut out. There's nothing bad in this. To where you would yeah. get rid of it. Right. So fuck, man. We're two for two so far. Yeah. Start having you on more often. <laughs> uh, the King Kong and Got Chitami Award for the best line of the movie. I'll let you lead off on this one. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Um, I have an honorable mention after the, the, the one, but I think we're going to be in agreement on this too. Uh, to infinity and beyond. That's is, your honorable that, mention, or is that your... That, that is my line. That is yeah. the line. It's uh, the most iconic line from this movie, probably from any animated feature. Um, uh, I mean, can you think of a more iconic line from anything from Disney? Not really. No. Um, I think maybe uh, Hakuna Matata. Yeah, yeah. And then Hi-Ho. That's, part of, that's more of a song, though, than a, a line. Yeah, like yeah. I can't like I can't really think of any animated movie that has a more iconic line than that. Right. And you you hear it and you instantly know what it's from. Mhm. Yeah. So, yeah. That's my line. Yeah, that was mine too. Like I like actually uh what I do is I always uh I write notes and then I fill them in as I I can remember. That was the one that I did before anything else was the the best line of the movie is like, yeah, this is the easiest one we've done. So I, I wrote that one down. 
Yeah, <laughs> that one's that one's the one. My honorable mention though uh, was during the uh, gas station scene when they're under the truck and uh, they're arguing amongst each other, and it's you are a toy. Yeah, that one's you're a good too. You're a child's plaything. That one's a good too. I I have uh, one, and I the only reason I have it is it used to be like something I would say if I was walking around if like I hurt my foot, or you know I was limping around. Because I have two bad knees, so naturally sometimes I'm just going to not walk as well as uh, I should. But when I was younger, if I was limping around and somebody asked me, what's wrong with you? And I always say, there's a snake in my boot. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good one, too. Yeah, usually it would just get met with like the the look of like, you're such a fucking dork. But... (laughs) This whole movie, though, the whole movie is quotable. Like, I am Mrs. Nesbitt. Right? Oh, yeah. Just random stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I even, like, some of the stuff with, like, uh, like, just some of the stuff with Woody, like, you're a sad, strange little man. Yeah. That's a good <laughs> one, too, so. Look, Buzz and Alien. <laughs> <laughs> There's a funny uh, remix video on uh, on line that uh, people should look up um, just look up uh, uh, Buzz looking alien not safe for work um, and do it on uh, incognito mode or uh, private mode if you can but that's a funny video just a plug for that yeah no, what fuck <laughs> it I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play it at work crank the speakers up <laughs> all right um, so yeah it's we're three for three so far yep it's almost like we cheated and just wrote our lines or notes together. Well, I mean, when the movie is uh, pretty much, you know, uh, very, very good, and it, it has iconic scenes and lines, I mean, mm. we're going to pick the ones naturally. Right. All right. The McLovin Award for the Best Supporting Performance. I am McLovin. Um, I'll let you go first. Okay, so I had uh, two for this one, and I couldn't decide which one I liked better. Um, I had uh, Don Rickles as Mr. Potato Head, mm-hmm. and I also had John Ratzenberger as Ham the Pig. Yeah. Um, uh, both of them have their uh, positives. Like, Don Rickles, he had a, like, you knew it was Don Rickles just by what he said in the movie. Like, even his, you know, what are you, what are you looking at, hockey puck? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like um, uh, on dirty work, but just toned down. Yeah, and um, uh, he's just a funny overall guy, and the the energy he brings to that character, being sarcastic and uh, cynical and condescending, uh, it just makes the movie that much better. And then um, John Rastenberger, just because like his, ever since like I saw him in Cheers, like his voice is iconic, and like he brings that character into all of the characters that he plays in Pixar because he's in every single movie. I was just going to say that. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, you have to pick him for a Pixar movie kind of, so it's really uh, a toss up between the two, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, it was, it was hard to choose just one because everybody's like so good. Like Jim Varney is slinky dog. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's pretty much to the point where if you see these toys, like the voices instantly come into your mind. Yeah. Um, 
Like I thought of Jim Varney. I liked Arlie Ermey as the uh, the Army Man, which that's about as pitch perfect of a, a voice actor casting as you can get. Mm-hmm. Considering he used to be a drill sergeant in the military, then he's most known for the drill sergeant and Full Metal Jacket. Um, Ratzenberger and Rickles are awesome. Um, I voted for Wallace Shawn though as T Rex. Yeah. He's really good too. Like I, I thought about uh, selecting him as Rex. Like I like Wallace Shawn. Uh, we've already talked about uh, the Princess Bride. I love him in that. Yeah, your uh, wife doesn't like that movie, does she? No, I don't think so. Okay, uh, but you know that I know it's inconceivable, but she doesn't. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I thought about him too because like some of his humor in the movie is the best humor that like timid t-rex dinosaur dynamic is perfect for him yeah and when you see a t-rex like a toy you Mm -hmm. instantly think of something that is like tough and mean and then he's like the polar opposite of what you would expect from a a t-rex he's neurotic very timid and like you know when you hear his voice like you'd almost expect it to be like tim allen's voice more than wallace sean yeah and I just think that like he just hits like he's really funny, especially when he's trying to perfect his roar throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah, that stuff cracks me up too. Um, I don't know. I I don't think there's really a wrong answer here though, because everybody like really brings their A game. I I yeah. think just because uh, just because you know, like for me, I I picture all the toys like when I see them, like I just picture those voices. Like I can't give this to just one person. Yeah, I I I'd say that we should uh, say the winner of this award is the supporting cast of Toy Story. All right, that since we we kind of fly by the seat of our pants here, we're rebels, we're mavericks, we have no rules or very loose rules. A first time ever on the Couch Potato Podcast, we're awarding the McLovin to this supporting cast of a movie. Yep, first like time it. ever. Mark this down on your calendars. This is historic. They will write about this in history books later. <laughs> but they deserve it. They do. I, I I agree. I, I just can't I can't give it to just one. It's too tough, so Yeah. So all right. The whole Toy Story cast wins a McLovin. <laughs> it's like the Oprah. It's like you get a McLovin and you get a McLovin. Everybody gets a McLovin. Gets a McLovin. <laughs> Somebody's going to listen to this like, who the fuck's McLovin? <laughs> I, before we get into the next category, I am actually in a uh, an episode about a kid's movie. I think I have swore more on this episode than I have any other, and I managed to get a soft porn movie reference into a kid's movie. Hey, we're, uh, we're cultured here on the couch. We're trailblazers. <laughs> All right. The Eric Stoltz Award for the performer that you would recast. I mean, we just basically, we've talked briefly about how perfect this movie's been cast, so yeah. can't really give out an Eric Stoltz one. We've been basically yeah, just given verbal BJs to the entire cast. I didn't have one. Um, I think it would be cool if they did do Jim Carrey and um, Paul Newman, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't think we should recast anybody. Mm-mm. No, I mean, Tim Allen's perfect. Uh, Tom Hanks is perfect. 
They they nailed the supporting roles. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. There's nobody. Yeah. Except for Sid. Sid shouldn't have spoken at all. <laughs> Fucking weirdo. <laughs> All right, so Unsolved Mysteries of the Movie. Join Perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. Since we started to briefly talk about yours, I will let you continue with that thought. So they're moving. That is one of the biggest subplots of the movies because um, they need to have their moving buddy. They need to be out of the house. Um, Buzz and Woody are lost and the rest of the toys are getting ready to get packed up and they need to make it back to Andy's house in time to move to the new one. That is the biggest subplot. They mention it at the beginning of the movie. They are moving in a week after Andy's birthday. Um, so they're moving in a week. It looks like most of the house hasn't been packed at all. Maybe they're waiting for the moving truck, but as you mentioned, the moving truck is empty in the end. Also, uh, when uh, Andy is transitioning over to liking space toys more, Andy's mom redoes his entire room in a Space Ranger getup. Gets rid of the wallpaper, redoes the entire thing. You're moving in a week. Why are you doing that, mm-hmm. Mrs. Andy's mom? And, and it looks like weeks pass. In that entire montage, because it's day, night, day, night, day, night, and then he ends up in the toy box one night. What day is it? Weren't they moving in a week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. The time doesn't line up. No. I, <laughs> after I had said something about the moving truck not having a lot in it, it like, makes me wonder, like, did Andy's mom sell, like, most of her shit to get his birthday presents? Yeah, see, like they had a, like a, they had a yard sale and like, all right, here's a couch, catch a great deal on. It. Here's a TV. Yeah, they have that yard sale in the second one, and um, you don't see Andy's dad, so you assume he's at work, but uh, he doesn't show up at night when they go to Pizza Planet. What does Andy's mom do for a living? She's at home all day. <laughs> That's a very good question. Apparently, selling all their shit to pay for the kids' birthday presents. <laughs> or buy the new house. What money did she use to buy the new house? Oh, that's divorce money right there. That's alimony cash. <laughs> I think we solved it. Alimony cash. That's what she's doing. Yeah. Andy's dad's out of the picture now. He's <laughs> which actually I did. They, do they ever show Andy's dad in any of the toy no, story no. movies? No, not in all four of them. They're, they're not in. Oh, I mean, Andy's really not in four, but no, they don't show Andy's dad at all. Mm-hmm. Yep, I bet one night Andy's mom caught Andy's dad at home. She was taking Andy to a movie. The The baby's at a sitter. They come home, and they find Andy's dad in the sack with a waitress from Denny's. Yep, yep. Yeah, a deleted scene in the movie, you hear Andy's mom yell at Andy's dad. How could you bring that whore into our bedroom? <laughs> Every time I watch Toy Story now, it's going to be different for me. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody gets anything out of this show, it's just to have a different point of view on the movies that we do. <laughs> um, um, but that, there's one. I think I think Andy's mom, that, that's alimony money. It's paying for the bills. Right, and we're just going to say that there's some kind of weird 
time-space continuum thing for the the time period it takes for them to move. It's a weird Back to the Future like subplot. Maybe yeah. Andy's mom's dating Emmett Brown. It, it, that station wagon she drives is actually the uh, the Time Machine Mark II. It's not a DeLorean anymore. It's a, it's a Woody wagon. <laughs> And it only has to get up to 58 miles an hour because <laughs> we know that thing's not getting up to 88 unless it just completely disintegrates. <laughs> Could you imagine the end of the movie if Buzz and Woody finally get to the top of that station wagon? They're going to go in through the, the moonroof and uh, it just disappears <laughs> in a cloud of smoke and fire. Yeah, then Andy and his mom end up in like 1955. <laughs> um, is that the only mystery that you have? No, I actually have a second mystery. Oh, okay. Two-pack. I've got two as well. Okay. Uh, do you want me to do my last one? or You, go, want to you go? go right ahead. All right. So um, this one's a small one, and it kind of, like the last time I watched it, I kind of, uh, it was in the back of my mind. The entire time um, Buzz is with Andy uh, at, the, at the beginning of the movie, he thinks he's a space ranger. He is the Buzz Lightyear. He is fighting the... Um, uh, Galactic Emperor Zerg. Um, why does he freeze when Andy shows up if he doesn't think he's a toy? Uh, that is a good question. <laughs> One that I don't think I can really answer unless, like, toys are just, like, naturally, instinctively freeze when they see, like, a human being. Like, it's just, like, something that kind of, like, you know, a natural instinct you're born with. Yeah. Maybe or, it's, like... Pro, you know, made with yeah it's like you're yeah i like that like he can't control it like he freezes because there's a human in the room it's like a part of his dna it's not mm -hmm. something that he's in control of yeah i mean that's the only thing i can figure but see uh well i guess i guess sid's dad was asleep in the recliner is that sid's mom or sid's dad you never see sid like his parents <laughs> I don't know. It might be his mom. You hear his mom saying your pop tarts are ready. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't, I don't know if it's his dad or his mom. Uh, but see, they, they, they do move around when there are humans present. So I don't know. Maybe it's when humans can see them and they have to freeze. Yeah, that could be. That's the only, that's the only answer I have is it's just, yeah. they're predisposed to do that. I don't know. Unsolved mystery of the movie. I think that's a good answer, though. Yeah. If anybody's got any uh, other theories, please let us know. I'd be curious to hear them. I'm sure somebody's got one out there. Yeah. Um, I have. I have one, but then one is more just a a question. Um, have you ever thought at any point that your toys were real, especially after seeing, like, before you seen this, like after you seen this? Yeah, so I do remember thinking that as a kid. I don't remember whether or not it was after this movie or before this movie. I want to say it was before this movie. And then when I saw this movie, I was like, yeah, no, the toys are alive. Yeah, because uh, you're young enough to where you would have seen this as a kid, right? Yeah, I was, okay. uh, I was six, I believe. So, yeah. Damn, it makes me feel old because I, <laughs> 95, I was like a sophomore in high school. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think uh, I think I have thought that at one point, and uh, I think uh, on some level, um, 
you know, some adults might still think that. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, no, I think that some at some point, some uh, most everybody thinks their toys are alive. As a kid, at least. Um, I'm sure I thought that <clears throat> as a kid too. But like I said, me being much older than you, like stuff that when I was a kid is just getting further and further away. It did remind me of a funny story, though. Um, I was at a party, probably 99, 2000 era. And uh, all I'm going to say is I, I was I was burning a lot of trees at this party. <laughs> a lot of trees. And uh, I remember going to the bathroom, and I just happened to walk past uh, the party we were at. I think it was a small child's room. And they had, like, some of the Toy Story toys out. And being in the state of mind I was in, I would check back periodically to see if I'd catch the toys <laughs> talking to one another or something. <laughs> They're formulating a plan to break out of Sunnyside. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, like, just catch them talking and, like, watch them drop to the floor. That's how fucked up I was. <laughs> And I only remember it because it was brought up to me recently. A friend of mine had said, like, hey, remember that time you were stoned and you thought you kept checking to see if those toys were going to come to life? Until... <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, I did that? Really? That's awesome. <laughs> it is. But, yeah, like, I, was, I must have fucked up. <laughs> uh, the one question that I have, and it goes back to the scene where the toys get their revenge on Sid. Um, and you know Sid's got to be fucked up mentally now. Oh, yeah. I know I sure shit would be if fucking toy starts talking to me like that. Yeah. Um, and I, originally I, uh, my question was, what kind of person does Sid grow up to be? And you told me in three, he's a trash man, which I completely forgot about. Yes. So I had to change my question a little bit. Do you think that Sid being fucked up in the head mm -hmm. has murdered anyone? Oh, 100%. Okay. He's a garbage collector. That's so easy to do. Like, he he, ha he could murder somebody and throw them in the garbage. Like, yeah. No, he's definitely murdered somebody. Yeah, I think he's pretty remorseless about it, too. Yeah, he's just banging on those trash cans, jamming out to whatever's on his headphones. He's like, yeah, I just killed three people last night. Yeah, Sid's the definition of a drifter. <laughs> I just kind of picture him being like uh, the roadies and Beavis and Butthead do America, the ones that they sit in the desert with. <laughs> yes. He just rides around on a motorcycle, hopping from town to town. All right, well, that was pretty easy. I mean, like, I was yeah, expecting no, more of a... Well, I don't know. Maybe Sid got his shit together. Like, no, be, I'm glad no, we're on like, the same page there. It's just like, yeah, Sid's definitely killed somebody, at least one person. We we don't we don't see him like much as a young adult slash adult, you know, um, going around picking up you know garbage cans. All we see is like you know he's jamming out to his music, picking up garbage cans. So, yeah, it, we don't know that he got help. He probably. Probably did, but you know. Yeah, I don't think they did a Pixar short. Sit at uh, sit at therapy. <laughs> and you know, his sister tortured him with toys all the time after that. Oh yeah, I'm sure she turned the tables on him and just fucked with him. 
mm-hmm. nonstop. Even like growing up as teenagers, she probably like had dolls hanging in his closet or something like that. You know, honestly, you would not be a good sibling if you didn't do that. Because I know yeah. I would probably do the same to my brother. Yeah, if my brother was torturing me and like, you know, tearing apart my toys, I would do the same thing. Yeah, I just look like I'm going to fuck with him tonight. <laughs> Put a couple of dolls in his bed when he's asleep. <laughs> and then he grows up and he sees Annabelle and like he has post-traumatic stress disorder during the movie. <laughs> Second crossover movie, Toy Story with the Annabelle series. <laughs> like, or Child's Play, like Andy is, or uh, Sid is uh, Charles Lee Ray. <laughs> All right, Disney, there's your remake uh, live action movie that is coming out next year. <laughs> Give us the money. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> All right, well, we'll, qu- uh, we'll quit fucking with Disney's uh, properties here, making them sound more uh, morbid. So we'll just move on to the last category of the, of the show. It's the uh, I'm the King of the World award for who wins the movie. I'm the King of the World! It's the... Uh, performer or the aspect of the movie that you will probably be talking about after you see this. Uh, Adam, I will let you go first. Um, I thought about this really hard. Uh, I was going to say, you know, uh, Tom Hanks did a really great job. Um, Tim Allen did a really great job. We talked about how well the supporting cast did. I even liked uh, Randy Newman's score thought about nominating him for this because you know without his uh score this wouldn't be as good as it is um and then i thought about well john lasseter but uh he's a he's a douchebag now uh he could have won the movie um but you know i don't want to nominate him um i'm gonna nominate pixar as a whole though Mm -hmm. i think pixar as a company because not only did they have Disney on its knees begging them to give them content? Uh, but it uh, started out as a company that nobody thought would succeed. And even Steve Jobs, uh, being a backer of the company, didn't know if the movie was going to do well. And he was really nervous about it. And I think Pixar deserves the uh, King of the World Award for this. Wow, that's uh, actually a really good case. Actually, I'd probably just give it to you for that reason. I mean, I, I actually nominated Tom Hanks just because, like, he's in the midst of a, an incredible run. Like, he's in mm-hmm. the, the middle of the probably the best 10-year run of any actor or actress I've, I can remember. Because mm-hmm. he had just done uh, – he had just come off of uh, Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, uh, League of Their Own – and uh, Forrest Gump, he had just won a second Oscar for Forrest Gump. Uh, this year, he had had uh, Apollo 13, mm-hmm. which is probably out of the, be- the five best picture nominees in 95, probably the best one. And now looking back at it, Toy Story could have booted any of the other four. I'd have been okay with a bump and Braveheart out of the best picture category. Yeah. I mean, Braveheart's good, but... I don't think it's. I don't think it's a better film than Toy Story. No. Here's my hot take, for the. Uh, no, that's not hot take. I, I mean, maybe I have I share the same hot take. I don't know, but I think Toy Story is a better movie overall. 
Right. Um, and then he's getting ready to uh, direct his first feature movie based off of all this. And plus, like, Woody's the, um, I think Woody's the emotional center of the movie. Like, basically everybody yeah. kind of reacts to how Woody is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I think you make a compelling case. I'd be more than happy to give it to Pixar as a whole. Just because yeah. they've revolution that studio revolutionized animated films. I mean, they pretty much saved Disney. Disney was, yeah. you know. And that's something to be said, too, because not many companies can make Disney beg. <laughs> right. And, and Disney was, was begging. <laughs> right. And, like, yeah, Disney, now it's like they, the pretty much their whole, like, movie operations is Marvel, Star Wars, and Pixar. That's it. Yeah. Just those Even three. Like, Walt Disney Animation Studios is just, uh, I wouldn't say great value Pixar, but like j- just beneath the brand name. So like instead of like having uh, Jeff Peanut Butter, it's uh, Skippy Peanut Butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not great value peanut butter. Right. So, <laughs> so like it, like, the Walt Disney Animation Studios movies are good. Like they they gross a whole bunch of money. Frozen was a big hit, but that's not possible without Pixar, not right? At all. And then yeah, Pixar. I mean, it basically paved the way. Every every studio that does animation now does theirs through computers. Like Shrek, yeah, is huge. Uh, Despicable Me is a huge franchise. That's all computer animated too. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing. Like Secret Life of Pets, yeah. You name it, everybody's doing uh, computer animated uh, cartoon movies now. So yeah, Pixar. I'm okay giving it to Pixar. Pixar wins this movie. Okay, no, I right. like that. Okay, all right. Well, there was no hardly any bickering or any. We we're pretty much agreeing on everything. Did we just become friends? I think so. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. <laughs> which that's a line from Step Brothers, another episode that you can hear in our catalog of titles wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> um, before we go, Adam, you got anything you want to add before we wrap this bad boy up? Yeah, I do. Um, do you think that uh, – I don't know if this is uh, going to be a thing or not because we don't normally see uh, like many silent films or black and white films pop up, but do you think that um, – Hand-drawn animation is going to be one of those niche kind of artsy things that only pops up every now and then, or do you think that it might return in some fashion based on like what Pixar's done? I don't think so. I think, I think it's just going to be like, you might see like smaller studios do it for more of like an artistic take. Like, cause you know, when you see like the best animated feature at the Oscars, as an example, you'll hear it's usually a Pixar movie you might get one from like one of the other major studios and you'll get like some some country in Europe or Asia has done an animated film that's looks like it's hand drawn. I mm-hmm. see it more for like artistic value, but I just don't think it's going to be I think that that style animation's probably done. Okay. And and just going off of that, do you think that um like doing a computer animation is um uh, less artistic because it's it's less uh, less of the artist in the in the um, uh, finished product, or do you think that um, it's 
just the the same amount because you got that that artist emotion in there still. Well, I I think with like animated movies, it's not really just the way that the characters are drawn because like I don't look at uh, animated movies as like a piece of art. Mm-hmm. I look at it as just it's a movie that requires mm-hmm. much more going into it than just the look. Right. Because I, I, I've always felt that like voice acting is probably the most integral part of an animated movie because yeah, they're the no. ones that are giving the words feeling. They're, you know, right. they're making that character come to life. So I would, I would equate um, the way that it's drawn more towards cinematography or lighting. Yeah, or yeah like uh, Roger Deakins as a good example. He's a fantastic cinematographer, but he doesn't make No Country for Old Men a great movie. It's already right. a great movie. It just it makes it look as good as the mm-hmm. movie is. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. A couple of good questions, though. Yeah. I just thought I, I, th- those were running through my head while we were doing the podcast. I thought I'd ask them at the end. God damn, Adam. That's, that's some good shit bringing it tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have anything to add. I think we pretty much uh, covered it. I'm sorry. uh if I ruin Toy Story for you, uh, please don't let your kids listen to this uh, because then you're probably going to have your kids wanting to watch Bikini Car Wash Company next. And No. <laughs> or they're thinking that, uh, that Andy's dad is a uh, and <laughs> uh, womanizer and, you know, left his family. And-, and we also do not want your kids thinking that Sid has murdered somebody or multiple because- people. He, he definitely has. Yeah, that's not going to be a that's not a Pixar animated series that's coming to Disney Plus, folks. You're not going to see the murders of Sid on Disney Plus anytime soon. Spinoff uh, live action movie. There you go. I want except to we'd have to spell it like S Y D. <laughs> yeah, just to avoid the whole copyright stuff. So, all right. Well, if uh, you don't have anything. I don't have anything. So, Adam, it was a pleasure as always. Thank you for joining me once again. Yep, always fun to do. And we will talk at you guys later. And that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Cow's Potato Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed that one. Coming up next Monday, we're going to sit down and talk about the 2000 Academy Award winner for Best Picture, Gladiator. That's coming up next week. That should be awesome. So in the meantime, please do us a favor. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Leave us a five-star review if you're digging what we're doing here on the show. We'd really appreciate it. So until next Monday, we will talk at you guys later.